is happening now? We're about to send you back to the Rebuta! <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Future, the show in which we take a classic movie that one of us or both of us might not have seen before and we take a look at it now. I am Drew Bridger. I'm Amber Inch. And today we are heading back to 1994 because Amber, I feel like I desperately need to make up for the fact that I showed you Police Academy. <laughs> so, I thought initially about staying in the same era as Police Academy, but trying a different style of comedy. But the one that I wanted to show you was not available anywhere to watch, which, quite frankly, is a shock to me because it's a brilliant film. I'm not going to say what it was because we'll probably save it for a future episode, but it okay. definitely rhymes with Schmung Schmankenstein. <laughs> oh, directed by Schmel Brooks. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> instead, I thought, why don't we watch something that is a dead cert to be good? The polar opposite, if you will, of Police Academy. In <laughs> fact, it's so opposite it's to Police true. Academy that we're focusing this time on the prisoners and not the policemen. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not that far away. It's still in the same family. Yeah, but I mean, this is why it's like connecting it. Like, I'm, I'm connecting the dots between Police Academy and this. So we're getting like another go around, another attempt at it. So we can kind of take a mulligan a little bit on Police Academy and pretend that we maybe didn't do that one at all. Yeah, and also, that was supposed to be a comedy, and this isn't supposed to be a comedy, but this was still funnier. I would take that, yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that. This episode, we have decided to take a look at 1994's The Shawshank Redemption. Now, is that it I... the Shawshank Redemption? It is the. <laughs> it's not just a Shawshank I Redemption. I thought it was Shawshank no. Redemption. No, it's the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> they don't come in six packs. There's not multiple ones of them. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, because it's called Shawshank. The place is called yeah. Shawshank. Yeah, so it's the Shawshank Redemption. The Shawshank Redemption. The, the <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. It's definitely a the in there, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not just one of them. It's not just like mm -hmm. there were multiple redemptions at Shawshank. And they just decided to focus on the one of them. This is like the only one that happened at Shawshank. Hmm. That's why it's so significant. Okay. But I wanted to show you this film for multiple reasons. Firstly, because I know that you are, or at least have been before, a big Stephen King fan. Is that yeah, fair I enough? Yeah, I am. What do you mean, have been before? <laughs> yeah, I hate him now. <laughs> well, I hadn't seen you read one of his books for a while. I didn't. I oh, knew no, you went a little bit. He doesn't really have any new ones, that's why. I mean, it's, it's Stephen King. <laughs> he, he knocks out a book over <laughs> I, a lunchtime, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does, he does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, did, um, I do really enjoy reading his books. I kind of got to a point where I'd pretty much read everything that I was interested in, I thought. And then I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll go back and think about 
what I might like to read that he's read that I haven't I might like to read that he's written that I haven't done before but you know I'm gonna save that for a later right sure <laughs> like, I have read a lot of his books but to say that you've read a lot of Stephen King's books doesn't really scratch the surface because no, like a it million doesn't. of them. So no, like... you're right, you're right. <laughs> so, yeah. But I still haven't read this one. Now, in all credit I to you, though... I nearly did. There was a lot of times when I thought you it thought about really it. good to, to do that because I think he did The Green Mile as well. I don't sure. know. That might well be true. I think that, that might short be because that yeah. was another short story as well. Because the Shawshank Redemption, or as the as the short story is known, it's Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. So I believe that that's a short story. Like a it's novella. not very long at all. It's a, a novella. novella. <laughs> a novella. A novella. Novella. Is that how it's pronounced? I've only ever seen that word written down. <laughs> no- novella. <laughs> I've always pronounced it novel-er. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, Novel-er. But I will now. I mean, you could read that over the course of a weekend at well, the rate actually, of you which Rich Apparently, you it takes pretty much minute by minute as long as the film to watch to read it. Really? So it takes two and a bit, two and a half or two and 45 minutes or whatever, two hours. Is, is that a fact? Maybe. Okay. I mean, I guess it depends on your reading speed. Well, really. yeah, but you can read it in the time that you can watch the film. Someone like you, I imagine you would finish no, it really kind of just before long. the end of the film. Because Someone like me, I would, I'd still be going into the next day. No, I you reckon. wouldn't. I it's don't part, know. It's not its own book. It's part of another book it's yeah short stories in oh it's a book. yeah so yeah it's, yeah, yeah, so yeah it's tiny i did know that it was part of a book of short stories yeah, so it's so tiny. The, yeah but as i was saying credit to you though you have read cover to cover it yeah that's long and that's one of the longest books that stephen king has written if we're not counting the dark tower series <laughs> which is seven books long <laughs> each of which Pretty much, other than the first one, is about crazy, it yeah. size. Yeah, yeah. I got. I finished about three hundred and fifty to four hundred pages, and then thought, I've still got another book left. <laughs> yeah, you got. That's only halfway. I'd, I'd, I'd read a book's worth, and then still had another whole book's left. What do you mean it takes? What do you mean they've, they've got to grow up as well and do it as they're <laughs> yeah. adults? They're still kids at this point. But oh, bloody hell! I'm reading this kid's life story. No wonder it's so bloody long. But for someone who has as much of a fear of clowns as you do, credit to you doubly so for reading it. I know. Well, they don't really. He doesn't really describe the clown too much. It doesn't really go into great, huge, horrible detail about it that much. <laughs> no, but that's a scary part. It's about your imagination, yeah, isn't it? I suppose. But then there's been so many adaptations of Pennywise. Then I just picture that instead. Yeah, that's Because the new true. one isn't so bad. I See, that surprises me. That still surprises me. The fact that you think that the new Pennywise isn't as scary as the older one. But I know that your rationalisation behind it is that the older one, the Tim Curry one, <laughs> which is still brilliant, by the way, the Tim Curry version looks more realistic the and thing. therefore the realistic looks more part. sinister. It's the part of, like, them actually 
looking like a real clown that would just be walking down the street, but he actually kills you. So then right. when you see a real person dressed up as a clown, you think, right, well, he's obviously going to murder me then. And because <laughs> I don't understand. I know this and is- you're well within your right to think that of every <laughs> clown that you see. I know that this isn't about the Shawshank Redemption now and we're like veered way off, but... We were on topic a little bit. It's connected. <laughs> okay. We're getting there. But I don't understand the thought process behind a grown adult man, normally, who wants to dress up as a clown. That, to me, is just weird. <laughs> I just find that really bizarre. Why do you want to dress up as something to attract children? I don't get it. But also, you know that children don't like you. Like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to attract them or are you trying to repel them? I don't understand. <laughs> and why? Why? What If you're trying to frighten children, why are you trying to frighten children? If you're trying to attract children, why are you trying to attract children? Both of those things, <laughs> like, grown adult men shouldn't be thinking to do. We've opened this up. This is why it's weird. We, we've opened up therapy hour here, is what we've done. <laughs> We've opened up a whole can of worms as to why and how your fear of clowns has come to pass. I don't know why. I mean, when I was younger, my brain obviously probably didn't think so deep as to go, why would an adult want to attract kids? You know, that type of thing. That that thought process wouldn't have been behind it when I was younger. It was just maybe like an initial horrible feeling of seeing somebody with like almost like a mask on their face because that's just weird, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, it I don't is. Know, I don't know a lot of people that think they're fine and normal. I've never no. met a lot of people that go, oh, yeah, I love them. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, clowns. They're brilliant. <laughs> the only thing I love more than a clown is a good mime. <laughs> if anyone says that mime. to you, if anyone ever says that to you. I don't mind that because well, that's, no. ta- that's talent. That's the reason. If you think, yeah, I could really put some art and expression into this and be creative, fine. But... Putting on a big curly wig and paint in your face. Okay. What is that? Here's the thing. You're allowed to like a mime, all right? You're allowed to enjoy a mime, but for no longer than, like, ten minutes. Because after <laughs> that point, it just becomes irritating. <laughs> and if you're still enjoying it after that point, there's something psychologically <laughs> wrong with you. Okay. But what I'm actually saying is that if someone says there's nothing I love more than a clown <laughs> other than a good mime, <laughs> yeah. that's an immediate red flag. Why? And that person needs to get looked at, <laughs> is what I'm saying. They need to have their head cut open for psychological research. So it's you know? the combination of the clown It's the combination. And the mime, you <laughs> if clowns and mimes teamed up at any point, all hell would break loose. Oh, that's horrible. Anyway, we got onto this from talking about Stephen King. Is it fair enough to say that you're a pretty big Stephen King I fan, I or I don't just... know about big fan? I do really like him. I don't know what a big fan of an author is, though. Like you know, I don't know. Read more than two of his books. Well, ironically, <laughs> ironically, oh, a big, a big fan, fan of, an of an a book. Bo- yeah, it was misery. Like, That's a big fan of an author. Him. What do they call it when they hobbling? Hobbling. <laughs> Do you reckon Stephen King wrote Misery in a way of putting down, I hope this never happens to me. I hope that anyone out there who's a fan of my work isn't this big a fan no, of my work. No, I think work. he probably had somebody that was sending him weird letters and then that's how he got the idea. I bet, I bet though, it started off with a person doing that to him. Do you know what? The only thing stranger than fiction is real life sometimes. <laughs> and I think that... You actually well, might things be like that have happened all the time. Yeah. I watched a catfish today. I watched some of a catfish today, like the MTV show. 
and it was open. oh I, I thought you just picked up a fish and were just <laughs> no. looking at it for ages no i of course the mtv show yes i'm not just talking to you here <laughs> you're absolutely right i do apologize if anyone out there listening doesn't know what catfish is it's an MTV show where they... <laughs> no, we don't need to explain Well, no, but they, they no, basically go looking for people... the story that I'm going to tell you has got nothing to do with catfishing per se. Oh, right. So that doesn't need to... It doesn't matter. In this episode of Catfish, it was a woman who lived in Hollywood. She'd become an actor. She worked on small things, I think, and then she got a part in a film like... Oh, no, I can't remember what it's called. Is there a film that's called something like Deadshot? Or something. I, I'm, I'm certain that there no, is, No, but you've yes. seen it. It's, it's famous. It's an actual big film. She played a character in this film. And then somebody started stalking her on the internet and had, like, multiple profiles on the internet to pretend that she was this person and, like, ended up killing one of them off so the actor would give her sympathy and, and like, pay attention to her and, oh and that God. type of thing. So, yeah, it's like that. Weird. But she was like oh, the reason why I wanted to get in touch with you is because I haven't heard from this person who says they're my biggest fan in a while and I'm actually worried about them. <laughs> oh, my God. So she didn't want to... She had met this person loads of times. She actually knew. <laughs> she properly knew who they were. Yeah. And the reason why she was getting in touch with Catfish is because she hadn't heard from them for a while and wanted to know if they were all right. <laughs> no, just leave that alone. Just put it to bed. Leave it alone. Don't go scratching under that rock. No, you don't want to know about that. Still, that's Stephen King's prerogative really isn't yeah. it if he wants to put that out into the world and uh, have his biggest fans do that, <laughs> then that's up to I him i think he's too old for that now now uh, i wanted to show you shawshank redemption not just because you're a, a stephen king fan and i thought that you might enjoy this but also because i was genuinely surprised that because of this you weren't sure that you had seen all of the film. You'd definitely seen some parts of it, but not the whole thing all the way through. Yeah, now that I've seen it, I think there were some parts that I thought I'd seen the important bits, but actually there was a lot that I probably missed out on. Yeah. Um, I now, now that I think back on it, I remembered seeing them both at the end on that beach before, and I've seen the end credits rolling, and I've seen them go to that wall and sitting by the tree and stuff. Yeah. But I just completely forgot. So when I was watching the film, I, could, I forgot about that, and I forgot that you they kind of only piece it together. Yeah, when <laughs> so it's actually happening. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I do remember that. But yeah. that was nice, though. It was nice that I kind of forgot. But the third reason I wanted to show you this is because this film has, for the longest time, actually been rated as IMDb's number one movie. <gasps> Still, it's the, it's the number one highest rated film on IMDb. I can't believe that. Even I after Mamma Mia 2 came out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that Mamma Mia, here we go again, didn't <laughs> knock it off of the top spot. Here Quite we go frankly, again. It's one of them, isn't it? Here we go, here we go again. again. Quite frankly, I'm surprised that the Flintstones in Viva Rock <laughs> Vegas hasn't even scratched the top ten. No, it's got to be number two, hasn't it? <laughs> It's not number two. <laughs> I hate to break this to you, Amber. I'm really sorry. It's not number two. Well, I'm going to start my own IMDb and I'll all show right. them. Okay. I'll all right. Look, I'll reason with you. It is number four, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be called AMDB. Amber's, Amber's movie, Day of Base. <laughs> Good luck getting that off the ground. I'm all the way behind you. However, I 
think you're going to need to do some persuading to get as much of a following. Oh. But I like the uh, I like the moxie of <laughs> you've it. Got, you've got to start somewhere. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. Jeff Bezos probably got told that his dream was stupid and now he's in space. Uh, well, let's hope he doesn't come back. He's already has. Yeah, oh, too late then. <laughs> so, if anyone wants to donate to our Just Giving page <laughs> to make Amber's Start movie A-M-E. database, <laughs> it would be good. I actually think that would be funny. And would you know what? We'll only <laughs> add to Amber's movies database once you've actually seen the film. Yeah. So that means oh, yeah, you need obviously. to then actually go through. The story I'm going to have to category watch every film. single film. Well, I don't mean every single film, but this is a part of the appeal of Amber's <laughs> movie database, okay, right? Yeah. Is that it's not going to have every single film <laughs> no, on there. Not. But if you've seen it, it's on there. So it's, it's a good way of keeping be track the of only, it. It's going to be the only ones that I've seen, but I'm not going to watch them again. No. I mean... <laughs> what so it's I, only going to be ones that I like. What we've basically described here is letterboxed. Yeah. And I just need to start you a letterboxed account. (laughs) Someone's going to... No, but letterboxed, you can have other people's stuff on there. That's not what I want. want Right, it's only about you. It's only Amber's movie database. (laughs) No one else. No one else can join. No one else can start up a profile on it. It's just you. Yeah. I like it. So, as we start every episode, we have... Whoever hasn't seen the film, write a short synopsis of what they think the movie was going to be about before watching it. Now, I'm pretty sure that you already knew what the Shawshank Redemption was going to be about. So it's pretty much on the money with what you wrote. Well, not really, actually. Really? I put that a man gets sent to prison for murder, which is Which Which he did. So I'll say the whole thing. A man gets sent to prison for murder, wants to escape, his friend helps him, and then he runs away forever. I mean... Because I thought that at least one person was going to know about it. Right. But then I suppose it makes sense that they didn't because he can't risk something happening like that. Even just one person, he can't tell. And also it meant that I suppose his friend might never have met him afterwards because things would have gone different if he'd told him. I don't know, but anyway. So I thought that he had at least told one person. Right. And then I kind of also thought that it was really ambiguous throughout the whole movie as to whether he had actually done it or not. Yeah. I didn't realise there was like this big reveal moment when actually you realised that he genuinely didn't do it. Obviously at the beginning, when I first watched the court scene and I looked at you and I said... Well, this is a Stephen King story, so he obviously didn't do it. <laughs> just for some reason, you just <laughs> see, know. See, here's the thing. As someone who has read Stephen King, you can kind of see these little points coming and go, it's a very Stephen King thing well, because to I have haven't it even turn read that out book, that though. actually... It might not even be right. Like, the things that I point out thinking, oh, that seems like a very Stephen King story or a very Stephen King part of the story. Yeah. I might not even be right. That might not even be in the book. I don't know. <laughs> but it just seems like Yeah, it. no, 100%. And I'll level with you. It's been a couple of years since I watched this film all the way through. And by a couple of years, I mean, like, more than a couple. Yeah, because we have definitely sat yeah. in the same room and watched some of it before. Oh, yeah. We we watched, Just because I it's on think, TV like, sometimes. 20 minutes yeah, of it. Yeah, like 20 the, minutes the of the last 20 start, minutes I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was 20 minutes around the start of well, it. Well, see, the start I didn't think I'd seen, but the okay. end I did. 
I genuinely forgot until the moment that it started happening, the moment about halfway through where the guy tells him about his cellmate who admitted to the crime that he had been framed for. Yeah. And that actually was innocent. Because I believed yeah, the same as you. I had completely forgotten that that scene happened, well, I didn't which led into a bunch of different things. And I thought that, from what I could recall of the film, that it was ambiguous all the way through. And you're not entirely meant to know the whole way through whether he actually did it that's or not. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. But that's because I hadn't seen that part of the film at all. I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't know that that guy was going to get shot because the warden, it was obviously too important for him to keep the guy there. Yeah. So he got rid of him. Yeah, because by that point, he was too valuable to yeah. have him on the outside and yeah. knew too much. So he yeah, didn't yeah. want him. He didn't want Andy to go. No. So he didn't want him to get away. So exactly. did they, I don't know whether I just missed it or not and kind of just like kept the important parts. Did they say what the person that actually murdered his wife was really in prison for in the first place then when the guy spoke to him? Yeah, it was a bunch of different things like breaking and entering, theft and everything like that. So he was in prison for that but they could never actually pin the it's few like the murders that he had stuff. done yeah, yeah. on that guy. Right. So it was a bunch of things like breaking and entering, theft. Just um, little silly things. Yeah, because that was in the same prison that he was in before for petty crimes. Oh, I know, yeah, but that's why I just didn't know if they'd mentioned what he was actually in there for, because I thought, you know, if they know he's a bad person, it kind of checks out, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But otherwise, it would have come to light that there was this massive murder case with new evidence had come that it yeah. actually worked out to be him. And then, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you've got to say, when you hear all the evidence, it's very compelling. And you think, actually, it does seem like he might have been the person to do it. Yeah. But you just know, you just think, no. But this is the thing in retrospect, it makes what the judge says at the start mm. even more misinformed. Because the judge at the start says you're you seem like a cold and calculated yeah, person, yeah. and frankly, it chills my blood to yeah, even look at you. Yeah, because it doesn't look like he's got any remorse or anything. Yeah, exactly. And that's because he's so numb because he didn't do it. He's yes, like because he can't believe it's happening. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot that I really, really like about this film that I thought you would like. In particular, the dialogue. This yeah. is a really dialogue. Heavy. Yeah, film. well, apparently it's all it's taken from the book really heavily, so the conversations that they have are pretty much right from it. Really? Because that's what that's all Stephen King's books are: people talking to each other and describing things. So, well, yeah, that's well, yeah. That... I mean, that sounds just <laughs> I mean, what like books are. But yes, <laughs> I guess that stands to reason for Stephen King. So, did you say you knew what some of the differences were between the book and the movie? Yeah, you don't see them meet up at the end in the book they never they don't meet up in the end they just it just finishes it on his letter seem like so he kind of tacked on to a film yeah he kind of just says end. um he, he finds the the letter but it takes him a really long time to find the letter he doesn't just go to the tree and then go ah uh, oh, this one yeah this is it it takes him like weeks of going back to the same tree oh the god i just give up by that point i'd be <laughs> no, like what, what am i even gonna find <laughs> yeah so Wait, he didn't have anything else to do. What are you talking about? He literally no, had no point. other purpose yeah. in life but to try and find that thing. <laughs> I mean, the film makes it out 
like the wall and the tree that are in the field are literally in the middle of nowhere because he had to get a ride to go there and then look like he was walking around looking for it for most of the day. I suppose. So if he's got to go back and do that for about a week straight, well, we just that's going to be a pain it. in the ass. Well, we found it. And then it just finished with the letter saying, um, I hope we meet again one day. And that was it. So you didn't actually see them. You just kind of had to make your own mind up whether they did or not. Yeah, I feel like if the film had ended on that kind of ambiguous note, mm. I don't know that people would have enjoyed the resolution to it I as know, but much. but it kind of makes sense because like, the whole story was about hope, you know, hope that you get out, hope that you do this. So right. it makes sense to finish on like a line of hope of being like, oh yeah, I hope they did get together actually, but you never find out because it's the it's the hope of them getting together. Yeah, know? no. Yeah, no, I totally see that. So I think that makes sense to the story. Yeah. The old guy didn't kill himself in the book, he just died of old age. <laughs> Which, honestly, if they had had that in the film, I think I would have preferred. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, I think I would have been sadder that that happened. But the way that he died in the film... I feel like it's done to send a message over how real institutionalization, PTSD, everything like that, how real it can actually be. And yes, these people are prisoners. Yes, they are serving time for crimes that they've committed. But ultimately... If they are let out and reformed, that is something else after that point, particularly in the case of someone that's been there for 50 years, years, you know, and it's, it's it's a case of the world has moved on without them and it's a shock to the system. So I feel like that was changed almost in a way to send a message. I suppose. And it also kind of furthers the rest of the story along because you don't know whether Red's going to get out and be fine because that's what happened to this guy and he gets put in the same room. So that's you're like, ooh, 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 ooh. that makes that a bit more tense. And then obviously um, it makes him ask him for a rope on his last night being there a little bit more... Significant, as well, yeah. Because you, know? you go, yeah. oh, he's going to do the same thing. Or, you know? yeah, so it's that a, makes that a bit more tense. It's a means to create more ambiguity yeah. behind things later on. Which is better on. visually. Yeah. So that's better for a, for a film because that's very visual, yeah. obviously. Um, Which I imagine yeah. if it was your first time watching the film and didn't know the story beforehand, that would be way more hard-hitting. Yes. Yeah, because I knew that he got yeah. out. So like, if I didn't know that he had escaped... Right. Because that, I mean, that's parodied and everything. I can watch Family Guy. Oh, the guy comes out, and you you know. Oh, maybe, I mean, like, yeah. I don't know if it's in The Simpsons, really. Actually, I've never seen it, but it's definitely uh, in Simpsons Family Guy. Simpsons have probably almost family. definitely referenced it. Yeah, yeah. probably. So, um, so I knew that he got out, but yeah, if I hadn't known, I probably would have been, oh no, because they don't, they actually don't give you any clue whatsoever that he's trying to escape. Really, no. and that's the great thing about so it. So it's kind of annoying that I watch it, knowing at the end that he got out. That's kind of annoying because I'd like to have the mystery because it just doesn't give you any idea at all that that's what's going to happen at the end. Yeah. So when he says, "Oh yeah," and he asked for rope after he'd been talking weird, 
Yeah. You'd go, oh, great. He's done himself in. This is it. But no, it's not. He's just escaped through the hole. (laughs) And I've got to say, I'm I'm pretty amazed at the dedication that went into it because not only did he find the time overnight or during the day or whatever to dig that giant (laughs) hole in the wall, but also to make a full-blown chess set to make all of those little figurines. And that's really fiddly work. Like, I don't think I would have the patience to make even one chess piece, let alone a whole set. It was set. there for 20 years, though. Yeah, I mean... And the fact that he yeah. made that set was throwing them off the scent of what he was really doing. Yeah, that's true. That is true. We interrupt this show to bring you a brief word from our sponsors. Amber, I would like to tell you about Greenbird gift baskets. Cool. Cool, you're interested? Interested. Excellent, I'm glad you said that, because Greenbird Gift Baskets is a small local business based in Southampton offering gourmet gift baskets beautifully hand-wrapped in biodegradable cellophane. They use products from small local businesses wherever they can and are perfect gifts for weddings, birthdays, baby showers, or simply as a thank you. We are passionate about supporting small local businesses who offer delicious products and share our values on sustainability. There is a selection of baskets available online, Greenbird gift baskets at square.site, and all baskets are totally customisable for dietary needs and tastes. Greenbird gift baskets offer sweet, savoury and mixed baskets as well as picnic boxes, and prices start from just £25 for a gift basket. Amber... They can even add wine or fizz for an extra special touch. Collection is available from Southampton or they can deliver to surrounding areas. So visit Greenbird Gift Baskets at square.site and check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Greenbird Gift Baskets. Oh, and make sure to tell them that Back to the Review just sent you, yeah? And now we return to your regularly scheduled programming. So, are you ready for a first little bit <laughs> of... <laughs> oh, come on. A All little right. bit of Shawshank Redemption trivia time. Uh, okay. Uh, what? I don't get the I don't get the song? No, you don't. This better Not be good. This? All right. Well, I'll give you the first one. And it is pretty good. You'll like this. It better be. Well, all right. I mean, I'm pretty sure you will. Andy and Red's opening chat in the prison yard in which Red is throwing a baseball took nine hours to shoot. Morgan Freeman threw the baseball for the entire nine hours without a word of complaint. He showed up for work the next day with his left arm in a sling. (laughs) Why did that take nine hours? He said like three lines. Probably because they wanted to do a lot of it all in one shot. Nine hours, though. There are a lot of extended shots. (laughs) <laughs> oh the helicopter's gone across stop it oh now it's drizzling stop <laughs> do you know what nine hours. do you know what i'm certain it was things like that i'm pretty certain that also if you're trying to do that kind of dialogue it's extended periods of dialogue whilst also concentrating on throwing and catching a ball and also remembering to react in a certain way turn in a certain way so that the camera can see your expression you know keeping a track of where the camera is so that you know where to turn and where to express to nine hours though that seems like a long time 
Yeah, and they've got to have all of the background people organized and everything. Things like that take ages to shoot, ages more than just something relatively standard, which you would be surprised at, really. Yeah. But that's still pretty cool. As dedication, of course, probably why Morgan Freeman is so good. Probably, yeah. He's dedicated to his job, Morgan <laughs> He's got Freeman. arm problems, but he's, but he's good. Now, Morgan Freeman narrates a lot of this film, and I think that this yeah, is... Yeah, so I knew that he wasn't going to die. <laughs> well... Otherwise, how were they getting that voice from? Well, yeah, I mean, you forget, he is also God oh, as yeah. well. So, you know, there's absolutely no reason that he couldn't be narrating as God as well. <laughs> But I think this is one of the first films that kind of kicked off this spree of realising how good Morgan Freeman is at narrating yeah. things. Yeah, and... his voice really took off, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it did. I think Morgan Freeman is equally as famous just for his voice as for some of the roles yeah, that probably, he's played. because there was a big time, like... In the early 2000s, when everyone was trying to imitate him for some reason. Like, there were so many impressions of him going around on, like, adverts and stuff. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. They, 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 there's an official guy. What did guy he do that just started who, that off out of nowhere for some I, reason? I don't know. Was that when he played God, maybe? Well, maybe. Yes, probably. But I think, I think it was more this. And I also think that... No, because this was way earlier. Well, only, yes, I but I think he when this came also out. <laughs> narrated March of the Penguins as well, which was a nature documentary that was pretty big. Okay. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, Morgan Freeman's voice is, yeah, this is really good. This is like honey to my ears. <laughs> I love it. But it does bring me on to a question. If you could have anyone narrating the story of your life other than Morgan Freeman... Who would it be and why? See, if you're struggling to think of something, I have a thought for who might narrate your life story, but I don't know if you're going to like it. I keep thinking, like, whose voice do I actually really find hilarious or whose voice do I really like? <gasps> Jeremy Clarkson. <Miley> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was very different. <laughs> I... T- <laughs> We went in two really <laughs> separate directions there. Really separate. That was like polar opposites. <laughs> I don't think you could get two more opposite people <laughs> in the world than Miley Cyrus and Jeremy Clarkson. That's just the nice oh broad range of, um, of things that I like. <laughs> it's just my broad open mind. Are you telling me you don't want Jeremy No, Clarkson? I forgot. After you said, I was like, okay, yeah, definitely that. All right, there we go. There we go. Miley Cyrus, really? I like her voice. I really like her voice. I don't know if she's got one that would, like, narrate your life story, though. But, I mean... Yeah, because then, like, if I... <laughs> maybe I can be proven wrong. Maybe could, Miley like, Cyrus <laughs> wants to message us in with a sample of what narrating your life story would sound like, and we can give that a go. Yeah, because if I woke up in the morning, went downstairs, tried to have my breakfast, but spilt something on the only shirt that I could wear that day and I got really annoyed, then all of a sudden out of nowhere I could just hear... As happens. Just all of a sudden out of nowhere I just hear... Oh, oh, yeah. 
as you slowly transition <laughs> to to work after that. So you don't you can skip your car ride because you've had Miley Cyrus do your transition for you. Yeah, or if I think that I've forgotten my fork and then I find one in my bag and it goes See, that would make sense, but I can also picture Jeremy Clarkson as you're sat there eating your breakfast going, this might probably be (laughs) the best bowl of cocoa pops in the world. (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. Okay, so I haven't worked on my Jeremy Clarkson, okay? I'm sorry. I feel like I was I put like on the spot. Owen there. Wilson is slightly better. <laughs> wow. That's a really nice bowl of cocoa pops. <laughs> oh my god. Can you imagine that? It's so good. Can you imagine that? You got it with a little straw in the bowl. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know they made those. So I personally think that I would have Tim Curry narrating my life story just because I love (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to the one place that has not been corrupted by the grip of capitalism (laughs) spice (laughs) every time it makes me laugh by capitalism now by the way once the Amazon man went up there I mean if anyone wants to see the clip that I'm talking about, all you need to do is Google or YouTube <laughs> Red Dead Redemption Tim Curry Redemption. Space. Brought it all back round. Brought it all. I mean, of course. <laughs> no, sorry, it's not Red Dead Redemption. Oh. <laughs> what am I thinking of? That's a Western game. It's Red Alert. Oh, yeah. Red, Red Dead Alert. Redemption. Red Redemption was on the P- PlayStation. It was. Red Alert. It is, it's Red Alert. I forget which one it is. It's one of them. But just YouTube... Red alert, Tim Curry, space. That's all you need to... It's not space, it's spice. Spice! (laughs) I want Tim Curry narrating my life. Okay. Absolutely. He's also a clown. (laughs) Literally. But that brings it back round nicely. Yeah, you're talking about... Yes. So, as far as... Also, I really like Curry, so that'd be nice. Well, yeah. I mean, that that works as well. (laughs) So, as far as... Shawshank Redemption goes. Did this kind of meet your expectations of what you thought the film was going to be? Yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I liked it. I was like, there was parts where I was shocked and I was sad and then I was happy. So it takes you through all of the emotions, all of the basic emotions that you want in a film. (laughs) There are some really feel good moments. Yeah, there are actually. I really like when he gave the the whole team a beer and they just sat back and watched that's and then they one say of my favorite him, parts like, don't you want a cold one and he's like no i gave up drinking ages ago and it's like oh it's so nice to just sitting there watching everyone and they're all having a nice time and they look normal i mean i don't know why i'm getting like all sentimental and yeah. glassy-eyed about a group of people that have murdered other people outside because oh, that's horrific no didn't you know they're all innocent <laughs> in shawshank i know but that's the joke they're all innocent no but they're not Aren't they? No. What? <laughs> well, you mean they lied? They're prisoners and they lied. <laughs> no, no, they're not all. Um, they're not all innocent because Morgan Freeman said that he was the only guilty man there. So that's true. So he's one of the guilty people. Also, that's the true. wardens—they were quite guilty as well. So. The wardens were pretty crooked, I have to say. Uh, they but did, they, nothing happened to him in the book either. The guy that kept trying to give him a big old problem for his bottom. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one say. way of putting it. I don't know how to the say guy, that. Actually. The guy that kept trying to, yeah, have his way with him. Yeah. yeah. Um, he Inappropriately. Yes. And unwantedly. Yeah. Yes. He, well, I don't want to assume unwanted. But <laughs> he, um, he just got sent away to a different prison. He didn't get beaten up. Right. Okay. So. Well, no, I think that in this But that, film, again, is a bit more exciting to watch, isn't it, that he gets beaten up? Uh, yeah, and it's a little bit more justification behind the actions because you go, oh, okay, these wardens are kicking the crap out of some of the prisoners. Yeah. But this one time that they've done it, I'm actually happy that <laughs> yeah, they've I'm done it. Yeah, I'm quite glad about that. So now it's turned on its head and you're kind of going, well, do I like that the wardens are kicking yeah, the crap yeah. out of the prisoners or do I not like that? Yeah. Because is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? It's making you question that, which I I kind of liked the duality of that because then after that, for a while, you kind of think, oh, that warden, I actually like him yeah. because he helped out Andy Dufresne and he's kind of on Andy Dufresne's side. Yeah. And then you realise that actually... As it goes on, that kind of gets forgotten about years later. Yeah. And there's no loyalty there. No, no, because they Because he's hat. still <laughs> siding with the governor on it. Yeah. So. That's one of the things as well. And I didn't actually think when I was watching the film at all. Because all the prisoners are in there. They're getting older. They're aging because it's been 20 years. But the mm. warden guy with the little glasses... He stayed exactly the same the whole time, and he stayed in that job for that for those whole twenty years. So in the book, it's loads of different. Like almost every decade is a different man, like main yeah. warden guy, because it's different jobs and who's. Yeah. I mean, it's quite unusual that you stay in a job for twenty years. Well, more even because he was there when he got there. Well, yeah, but he but was making he, coin know. on the side of it. That's the thing. Well, only since only when he got there though, not yeah. before. So I, I guess he was just he was just like cooking the books. Is that what they call it? Yep. Um, for all of the wardens that turned up for everyone, basically. Pretty much. Pretty much. But I like that scene on the rooftop. And when I first watched Shawshank Redemption, it was that scene on the rooftop where he gives the warden the advice, yeah. the financial advice. Yeah. And he says, I'll do all of this for you. I'll do all of the paperwork. All I ask is that my friends and I at the end of the week have some beers for our hard outside yeah, work yeah. and everything like that and then like doesn't take one for himself the reason he did that is for to benefit other people and there was something about that scene that like really sat with me for a while because I was like I don't think I've seen an action like mm. that done in a film to that extent before. Yeah, because then that would make you think, oh, actually, come on, maybe he didn't kill that guy. Maybe he was framed or kill his wife and that and the man. Yeah. Maybe he was framed because he's try he's just trying really hard to be a nice person. Maybe that's the redemption. <laughs> maybe that's the redemption that they speak of. I mean, it is. I think it's also the fact that he did eventually make it out regardless of everything else standing in his way. I know, I thought... Um, see, this is making me, like, confused about what it means then, because 
when you say redemption to me it's like you've redeemed yourself so it means that you've done something bad and then you've done something good to redeem yourself so i don't know how him breaking out is a redemption well i think the way that it's framed is it it's redemption for an injustice that was committed against oh, okay, him okay right so obviously he was unjustly sent to prison and after doing oh, okay, that yeah. time and being told that actually he's found out he's innocent after all this time, but he, they're still not going to let him out of prison. Mm. He still made it out anyway. Yeah, and that has forever, really. and that has redeemed that injustice. Yeah, because did he say without parole then at the beginning? Did he say yes. two life sentences without parole? Pretty much, yeah. That's what they said. Why? Why did he get such a bad deal when... We never, we don't find out what Morgan Freeman, why, like who he murdered or what happened, do you? No, it's never gone I into. I just guess it was just like maybe, a, oh, I don't know, he was part of a gang or something like that because he said he wants to talk to his younger self and say that yeah, don't it was, fall into that type of thing. Yeah, it was something about talking to his younger self and about making a better choice Yeah, or so he probably got caught up in something bad. Yeah. But yeah, so he got parole because, I mean, he, he, got, he got out after 40 years. And he had pretty much, by the time he escaped, he'd almost served probably one of the first sentences because, I mean, here at least, you get 25 years, don't you? Yes. It's like the minimum for a life. Yeah. So he nearly did that already. (laughs) Right? That's probably why Brooks was out after something like 50 years. Yeah, he didn't say what he was in there for, did he? No. No, he didn't. Although he did keep birds and anyone... A bird. (laughs) A bird. And anyone who, who keeps a bird like that couldn't have been like, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> the other reason, and I know it's going back to something I said like right at the start, but there was another reason that I wanted to show you Shawshank Redemption, other than the fact that it's so highly rated on IMDb. <laughs> AMDB. The, on AMDB. <laughs> <laughs> the only other ones that come close to this are The Dark Knight... Okay. Yeah, I know. That's like apparently user rating, one of the highest user ratings <laughs> on INDB. That's the one with Heath Ledger, yeah? Yes. Yeah. And The Godfather. Oh, okay. Which we have yet to do. Yeah, okay. But we do have an anniversary but... coming up. <laughs> and I'm thinking that since we both haven't watched The Godfather, maybe. We can't do the music, and I've actually forgotten it now anyway. <laughs> no, we well, I don't think it's got that in it. Something. It's something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also wanted to to show it to you because this had seven, I think, Oscar nominations. Yeah. But didn't win. Why? Who Oh, I don't know anything about 1994, but I was going to say something about Titanic, but that was way later. So I don't fine. think it was Titanic. No, it wasn't because that was like 97 or something. Yeah. It was ridiculous that it got nominated for seven Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Actor in a Leading so what Role won that year, for Morgan Freeman. Find out? I'd be to... So the nineteen ninety five Oscar winners, uh the seventy sixth Academy Awards, if we're keeping track of it, <laughs> included Clint Eastwood uh receiving the Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award. Best Picture went to Forrest Gump. Oh. Yeah, I know. Best Adapted Screenplay went to Forrest Gump as well. Adapted from what? Was that a book as well? I believe so, yes. I didn't know that. Best Original Score 
went to the Lion King. Ah, see that's how, see that. Yeah, see, I be I'm okay with that. Well, what I'm Shawshank right Redemption was up for score. I don't think it was oh, right, up okay. for score. Oh, I thought but, you were reading out things that it lost to. Uh, best visual effects went to Definitely Forrest Gump. Gump. What the heck? Yep. Visual effects for what? What for? <laughs> I mean... For him having no legs. That wasn't a visual effect. He just cut them off. I don't know. <laughs> he just bent them behind. Best film editing went to... Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump. <laughs> Tom Hanks won best actor for... Forrest Gump! Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Martin Landau won Best Supporting Actor in Ed Wood. Weird. That's unusual, isn't it? Yeah. So a lot of it Forrest Gump is a really good film. Well, yeah. Oh, Best Original Screenplay went to Pulp Fiction, though. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, and Robert Zemeckis won Best Director for... Forrest Gump! There we go. Yeah. yeah, Forrest Gump was a good film. I mean, yeah, it is, but is it Shawshank Redemption good? Yeah, prob- is it? Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. If you would literally now, uh, to an extent, tonight it nearly came down to it whether we watched something like Forrest Gump or. Shawshank Redemption, but I'm pretty sure you've seen Forrest Gump. Yeah, loads of times. Yeah. It's like one of my dad's favourite films. Did you know that? I didn't know that. He literally loves it. So <laughs> maybe in your dad's honour, And I always complain about watch. it and he hates it when I complain about it. Because I always say that the woman... And it's not about this film, but I'm just going to say this one thing. Right. This might be controversial, I don't know. But the woman in the film was horrific and I hated her. Oh yeah, she's awful. <laughs> I didn't think that that was a contest at all. I didn't think that was debated. Apparently she's awful. So. Apparently it is. She is terrible. <laughs> she's a terrible human. She is a terrible person. She just takes advantage of him. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> anyway, whatever. But we have also done Top Gun as well, which was another film well, um... that your dad really, really liked <laughs> yeah. that you ended up hating. I think the only <laughs> film we've done that you liked that your dad's a huge fan of was The Matrix. Yeah, that film was alright, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you just, like, not like a lot of the films that your dad really likes? <laughs> no, do you do no, it on no. purpose? No. Or... no, I don't, I don't. Your no, ever-suffering kind of dad, <laughs> who is trying to show you these Oscar-worthy films, <laughs> these films that have gone down in history as being known as some of the greatest films on the planet, and you're like, yeah, whatever, dad. <laughs> You and your old man movies. <laughs> your old man movies. <laughs> Gump, I don't want to watch Forrest Gump for a ninth time, <laughs> Dad. Uh, uh, we well, get it. He gets a boat and names it after her. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Fantastic. God, the guy's got no we, legs. I get it. Jeez. We get it. He was in Nam. <laughs> he, he's had a life journey. We get it. Oh, it's nice though, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, he showed me a lot of things that I really liked. I just don't think that between Forrest Gump and Shawshank Redemption, Forrest Gump should have won out over best screenplay. I think that there's something wrong with that. Well... I think that as far as actual writing goes... Do you know I think it's like... Shawshank Redemption is a good film, but compared, it's kind of just like... Not one-dimensional, but it's 
oh, they're in prison and this is their prison story. Whereas Forrest Gump is a lot more... It's more relatable. It's more about different things as part of life. You're watching somebody mm. go through life. You know, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. Also, Shawshank Redemption was nominated for Best Score. Best Music, Original Score. I don't even remember having any music. It did. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, best Writing Screenplay Based on Material Previously Produced or Published. So, Best Adapted Screenplay, basically. Frank Darabont was nominated for that. Mm. Frank Darabont then, just as a short aside, went on to develop the Walking Dead series. Oh, <laughs> okay. That was brought to the screen. That was adapted to TV show by so Frank Darabont. So he just Darabont. likes people running, I guess. <laughs> he likes people in sheriff uniforms. <laughs> he likes people in uniforms running away from things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Would you like another bit of Shawshank Redemption trivia time? Okay. Oh, I guess it this time. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, I've stopped being so bitter about it. Stephen King never cashed his $5,000 check for rights to the film. Several years after the movie came out, King got the check framed and mailed it back to Frank Darabont with a note inscribed, in case you ever need bail money, love Steve. Ah, so funny. <laughs> that Stephen King, that wacky, crazy Stephen King, up made, to his old tricks. He was enough money back then to not have to worry about £5,000 check. That was good of him, wasn't it? Well, yeah, good on exactly. It, eh? I mean, Stephen King at the moment is kind of making bank. I thought you were going to say that he didn't cash the cheque because he threw a hissy fit about thinking that the film wasn't good enough and that nobody liked my films, nothing like my books and all that sort of stuff, like throwing a fit about it. Because all the time, all he ever does is complain (laughs) about how the films that are made are nothing like the books. Well... Stop giving them the rights to your books then. Just I mean, stop. It's not hard. Like, do they not yeah. come to him with a treatment and say, this is what we want to happen and this was what's going to be done or whatever? And he goes, okay, yeah, fine. Well, I mean, like, do they normally go to him and say, it's going to be absolutely word for word the book. We're not going to change one bit of it. Yeah. And then he sees the film and it's a surprise. Because I don't think so. I don't think that's what happens. No. Didn't he hate The Shining? He hates everything. All of it, everything. I can never remember whether he hated or loved The Shining. And I mean, it. frankly, it's a 50-50 split between them. So He hated it. He hated it. Yeah, no, apparently he did. He did. Which is a shame because The Shining is brilliant. Why did it's a fantastic book? film. It it's is, one of yeah. Stanley Kubrick's greatest moments. Yeah, but it's literally nothing to do with the book, though. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not yeah. nothing to do with that. There are still very big similarities and a lot of things are very similar, but there's a lot of stuff that really isn't. But actually... One of the very few times that I prefer the film to the book. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just prefer it. That's true. I just find it more tense. It wasn't as it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. But yeah, so I thought he was like pitching a fit about it or something. But no, that's that's nice. <laughs> now I forget how many other Stephen King. <laughs> I'm ad- not making my films right. I'm not even going to cash this check. I don't. <laughs> stupid idea. Made my books look dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even win the Oscar. Stupid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not what Stephen King sounds like. I don't but... know what it sounds like, actually. <laughs> scary stuff, scary stuff, scary stuff, <laughs> thing. Scary stuff, scary stuff, scary stuff, thing. And it lunch. Really, it really is. 
It really annoys me that people complain about him writing too much. People say that all the time. They're like, oh, his books are all the same. It's because he just knocks them out once every month. Like, once a week, he's got a book out. Why do you complain that people... somebody writes a lot? Like, right. Like, who, but, but nobody is going like, oh, you know that Andy Murray? He's just winning too much tennis. No. You know that Lewis like Hamilton? It. He's yeah. driving too fast you know, for Formula Lewis One. Lewis Hamilton is actually driving too much for my liking. Yeah. It's too much. Just stop driving so much. Nobody says that. Everyone says, no. oh, it's amazing how much he's driving and winning. It's amazing. And yeah. then as soon as he writes a book all the time, everyone's like, oh, no, he's not good enough. He's not good enough. He writes too many books. Oh, I'm what? sorry that <laughs> Stephen King is winning at writing too much. Oh, he's churning them out. He's churning yeah. them out. Yeah, okay. That's his job. Do you know what? The people who say this... I put a lot of books this. back on the shelf. Yeah. that's my job. Yes. Nobody says to me, do you know what? You're touching them books too much for a librarian. Well, yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> no, your job. it doesn't happen. It's what I do. It's you're good at what you do. <laughs> oh, you're serving too many people, if anything. <laughs> but here's the thing. I think people that say that about Stephen King are people that, in a way, are jealous. Not just that they can't write a book, but they can't write as many books <laughs> as Stephen King has, right? Because it's like, you look at someone like Lee Childs, right? They've got a book out every... James Patterson probably James churns Patterson. one out one an hour. Right. Literally. And they are all exactly the same. James Patterson could sneeze into a sheet of paper, <laughs> scrunch it up, An old send it off it. to the publishers, <laughs> people would still buy it and go, do you know what? I think this is some of his best work. <laughs> oh, this is much better than Everyone the has their and fans. Always, Everyone has their critics. He writes with people like... He just passes it off his own now. He, just, he wrote a book with Bill Clinton too, in fact. I mean... <laughs> no, he didn't. No. He, he, he didn't. <laughs> Yeah. He can't have done anyway. But, but yeah, so So I think that Stephen whatever. King, as far as being a writer goes, yeah, he's a force of nature. He will just I write mean, things. He does have a specific set of writing skills that are very similar to each other. Like yeah. I mean, you can pick up a Stephen King book and read the first line and you go, Oh yeah, this is a Stephen King book. Because he just he writes all of them the same, but it's because he's got a writing style and that's just how it is, you know. Bob Marley always sang reggae, he didn't go out and make a hip hop album all of a sudden. No, exactly. Exactly. He knows what works for him <laughs> and he sells it well. That's what he does. Now I'm not sure how many Stephen King adaptations you've seen no i don't know total. but there's been literally thousands of them <laughs> there have been a lot i think even some there's been like shorts, 75 or something yeah i, I think there was TV and stuff. some twilight zone episodes were based on some oh, of his work i think there were tv like... shows that were based on things that he wrote which got really weird yeah yeah, the shot he did the Shining, a TV series of the Shining, which yeah. was supposed to be like this is the film that was supposed to be made that never got made, and this is how I wanted it to be, and everyone was like, "Wow, that's really yeah, bad." All right, yeah. <laughs> wow, no one would ever have watched that if it was a film. No, but as far as out of the ones that you have seen, how highly does this one rate? Yeah, well, I've never seen any of the It versions, obviously. Sure. <laughs> For reasons. For reasons um, that should be blatantly obvious at this point. I've seen, I've kind of seen Misery like on and off, not properly because I can't like watch him being hobbled and stuff. Right. Um, but that was quite good though. Yes. That was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen The Shining, but yeah, I don't know if you can count that because it's really nothing like it. 
Now, I usually say at this point, before we get a rating from you, I usually say, pitch me a sequel to Shawshank Redemption. But here's the thing. I know that all of your sequels (laughs) that you want to do are basically the two main characters (laughs) or the main character or whoever the main character is just going about having a nice time. And Shawshank Redemption literally ends on that. So I don't need you to pitch me a sequel for this because it's actually set up perfectly for what you would suggest. Yeah, I would. I would suggest that it's called Island Time and they are both living (laughs) together on the island and he's got a boat and he takes the boat out, gets some fish, comes back. They've got a little bar out there. They live happy as Larry. He's got a Hawaiian shirt on. He's got all rugged and suntan. (laughs) Morgan Freeman's just sat there narrating things <laughs> the whole time. He's just talking all the time. He kind of wishes that he never invited him out there in the end because actually see he's getting Andy annoying. <laughs> out there on the boat. <laughs> he is fishing. He is having a lovely time. That kind of sounds like Tom <laughs> Hanks. Oh, a little bit, but then, you know, Tom Hanks won the Oscar, yeah, so that's what I was there we go. So is that what your sequel would be? Yeah, them having a really nice time. All right, cool. I think they both deserve it. I think Reg was a really good guy. Um, his character was great and he played it really well, obviously, because Morgan Freeman's good. Um, and it was nice to just see them, like, having a real... <laughs> it was kind of nice to just see them having a good time. Like, obviously, there were parts of it where people were getting beaten up and I really didn't like watching that. I didn't want any more of that to happen. It was horrible. Yeah, you, you've got a real thing about watching people get beaten up on film. Why? What, do you love it? <laughs> no, but, I mean, if it's part of what is happening I kind of accept that as like right this is part of the action it is part of the storyline okay it's unfortunate because he's outnumbered and it's you know the odds are against him and it's very sad to see it happen but I'm distanced from the film and the situation enough to go oh wow maybe you should just be a little bit bit more immersed in it <laughs> I mean, well, sorry for getting involved. <laughs> okay, no, it's not, there is know, an argument just, to be made for that as well. I suppose it depends what the characters like because I know he was a little bit. He kind of walked around as if he was a bit sad, and he was actually like really nice. He did a really nice thing for his friends, and he was in prison and he wasn't supposed to be. And it was, and then he was getting beaten up. It was just sad. I don't like seeing like. Yeah sad characters getting beaten up it's like it's like kicking kicking a sad looking animal isn't it it's It's like oh he's already had enough like stop now it's not good it's not good yeah okay that was a bit annoying but it it stopped just at the right time that was just like a good amount after he did it the last time i was like is there going to be a lot of this because i don't want to watch anymore and And then then there wasn't yeah that's why i didn't say anything because i was like (laughs) no i don't think there's any more but in the back of my mind i was like I'm not sure. I think there's quite a bit more. <laughs> yeah, there, there wasn't, though. It was fine. No, there wasn't. Oh, well, there was, he, the warden beat up that horrible guy. Oh, but yeah. But that was okay, because I knew that he deserved it a little bit, you know? Yeah, he never walked again and was eating through a straw for the rest of his life. (laughs) To be honest, when they carted him off in that wheelchair, it didn't look like it was that serious. (laughs) No. And all of a sudden he can't eat and stand up. Yeah, yeah, they probably, like, damaged his spinal cord or something. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, so I liked the camaraderie between them, you know, and he got the library in and he got good things and he educated that guy. 
and he really helped and really made a difference and that was really nice so actually he wasn't supposed to be there but it was good for them that he was yeah which is nice and i like that there's subtle references to how much time has gone by mm. when it's like oh all of these books came in and he said oh i see that writing a letter a week for six years yeah. will obviously get then he starts results. writing too yeah exactly yeah, so I like so... these subtle hints to the passage of time. Yeah. And obviously Tim Robbins gets aged mm. a little bit through the film. And it's very clever how they age him a little bit by little bit. This is what I was going to say. I found it funny that you could see him getting a bit older just because his hair was kind of going little bits of grey just yeah. in parts And of some crow's feet yeah. inside as well. Um, but then once he'd gotten out and he stood in the rain and like the rain was coming all over him and he was like, he's free and he can do whatever he likes... He looked really young, yes. which was kind of weird. Yeah. But that was kind of cool. That's probably, you know, showing how he feels yeah, now. Because yeah. he's, like, got his life back. He's been redeemed. <laughs> he's been redeemed. He's been redeemed from Shawshank. <laughs> he's gone through the Shawshank program and he has found redemption. Excellent. It's a 12-step program. 500 yards through poop. <laughs> what would you crawl through to get your freedom? What type of freedom? Well, wow, freedom from prison. What would you be willing to crawl through? Um, flowers. <laughs> flowers and bunnies. Oh, okay. All right. It's not quite as bad. I was going for something that you really didn't like, like baked beans or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> crawl through a river of baked beans. I thought that would be like pretty much yeah, your but nightmare. I'd, say, I'd do that thing where I'd say to people that there was like one thing that I really, really hated and I kept going on about it and actually really liked it. So I'd be like, oh, oh God, no, Nutella, not mac and cheese. Nutella. Oh, Nutella's disgusting. I don't know how you can eat it. Ugh. And then they'd be like, we got, you've got to crawl through 500 yards of Nutella to get out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Forever. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Crunchy peanut butter. Oh, no, can't stand it. Oh, oh, oh I've got to crawl through it. Oh, oh. Ugh, does anyone have some bananas and toast? Uh, no? Okay, all right. Oh, oh no. Oh, awkward. <laughs> Ugh, chicken fingers. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, it was got, like, I liked watching his um, his breakout, though. It was, it was yeah. cool. Because it wasn't like... Seeing really... how he did it yeah, after the because fact. because it wasn't really drawn out, which is what I liked. So you weren't yeah. watching him chip away at it because that would have been really boring. So it was a nice, fast-paced film, which I enjoyed. Yeah, and then he got. I liked when he was bashing the um, pipe and he was waiting for the lightning to come. Yeah, yeah, that was clever, so that no one heard the bashing on the pipe. Yeah, yeah. So it's just he must have been waiting for the right weather because obviously he would have known that because he had gone through that hole to see if he'd fitted and obviously he would have to go straight through right to the other end. So he knew yeah. what was on the other side. So he knew he would fit through because and he knew he'd that dug he it. would have to bash that pipe in. Yeah. So he obviously waited for that like the right night. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Playing the long game. The 20 year long game, yeah. Yeah. So, as we do every episode, we get the person that hasn't seen the film to give the film a rating after now seeing it. But every episode, what the rating is out of changes. So, Amber, I believe it's your turn to do a rating for the Shawshank Redemption. So, what are you going to give it and what is it going to be out of? So I'm going to give it four. Four? Yeah, because... Okay. No, I'm going to say that wrong thing again. <laughs> I was going to say, still, it's not the Karate Kid, but I didn't give that five. Did I? No, you gave Karate Kid four. That's insane. What was Go I in. thinking? 
<laughs> that was a slow burner for me. I watched yeah. it and I thought, oh, this is actually really fun. This is really cool. I really like it. And then it took like even like a week later, I was like, I really love that film. <laughs> <laughs> I really love that film. Um, so, like, if I could it. go back and retrospectively change my star rating for Karate Kid and give it five, I can't even remember what I gave it out of. But anyway, five. Yeah. Geese. <laughs> no. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. That's lame. <laughs> could have thought of anything better than that. I don't think that was right. Are you making that up? No, 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 that is right. <laughs> that's definitely right. Well, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just thought the word was funny. Um, so I'm going to give this one four because it's not quite Karate Kid, even though I gave Karate Kid four. <laughs> Which is a bit of a shame because you still now really like it and you want to give it five. Yeah. But... Okay. But, anyway, but it's got a four. But it's got a four because the story was really good. The characters were all really good and it was acted really well. I liked that it was... I like the pacing of it, so it wasn't like really drawn out. It didn't feel like I'd watched a two plus hour film. It was actually it actually kept me entertained the whole time, which is really good. Yeah. And like when you're just watching a like a group of guys in prison for years, having it be entertaining yeah. through the whole two and a bit hours yeah. is probably quite a hard thing to do. So And then even the side characters you end up kind of Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I liked all of them. As well. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. it going to be out um, of, so though? So it's going to be out of maggots. I'm going to give it four oh, maggots. Yeah. See, that was, a, that was a really niche one. I thought you were going to do something like four rock hammers or something. Rock hammers? Yeah. I forgot that's what it was called. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Four maggots. Yeah, Is because that... I liked that he was feeding it to little birdie. Yeah. That was nice. The only thing worse than finding that in your prison food is finding half a one. Yeah, Ugh. that was pretty bad. Yeah, no, I was nasty. glad that he gave it to a bird and not fed it to himself so I was relieved <laughs> about that I was like oh where's this film going oh, oh no there's some good protein in those maggots <laughs> you need all the protein you can get in prison alright so four maggots four tasty maggots which is funny because I'm pretty sure that that's what the wardens refer to the prisoners as not, <laughs> not tasty maggots oh. no just regular maggots well I don't know so, there you have it. Shawshank Redemption gets four maggots from Amber. Worthy of its 9.3 out of 10 user rating on IMDb, do you think? <gasps> 9.3 out of 10. Yeah. People really think this is like the perfect film. They do. They think it's uh, definitely a highly rated film. Mm. I think it's not, maybe not that it's a perfect film. I think that it's universally liked. It's very accessible for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But what do you all out there listening think? Do you think that Shawshank Redemption is deserving of a five? Or are you one of these people on IMDb that has rated it so highly? Or do you think that Shawshank Redemption is one of these films that you just don't see the big appeal about? Do you think that it's not one of Stephen King's best adaptations? And what do you think Stephen King is like in real life? Would you, are you a big fan of his? Or do you think he churns out too many books for you to keep up with? All of these opinions and more can be expressed to us and shared with us on our social media. I'm at Drew Bridger. At Amber Inch. And you can use the hashtag BTTRpod to let us know that we are being talked about on the internet. Amber, if the listeners of this podcast have enjoyed this episode, what else should they do? 
like subscribe and review on your podcast service and rate five stars also follow at bttr podcast on instagram yes do follow our instagram account because amber puts up lots of good stuff on there and if you are going to leave a review, make sure it's a review that is equal to or greater than the ones that are for Shawshank Redemption on IMDb. And <laughs> yeah. That's a long-winded way of saying leave a nice review. Is what yeah, 9.3 out of 10, please. Yeah, like that's kind of what I'm trying to get. Yeah, like if it's a long-winded way of saying it, but be nice to us because we're nice to you. <laughs> but until our next episode, which excitingly... Excitingly, Amber, our next episode is going to be our one year podcast anniversary. Holy crap, can you believe that you have stomached me for this long talking about films together? No, I can't believe it. Well, believe it, because it's happening next episode. I have episode. to say that we're doing this in a heat wave, and I feel like I'm going to rip my skin off. And it feels like I've actually been in this room now for that whole year. <laughs> well, do you know what? Handily, I have 500 yards of a river of poo outside, which we can go and cool off in if you'd like. So nice. shall we go pop off, yeah? Right. Lovely. All right, excellent. We'll we'll uh, we'll go and get smelly, shall we? Yeah, excellent. It'll not be five hundred jars of Nutella instead. Uh, it's going to look a lot like Nutella. <laughs> oh.